Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Live at 5. Uh, it's Tuesday afternoon, and Election Day, if you can see in the background uh, the American flag. That's because it is Election Day, so hopefully you went out and voted. Um, you still have a little bit of time to uh, do your patriotic thing. So it's a big day. Hope you guys have a great night. Enjoying watching uh, the election returns with your family. So every Tuesday after work, I come up here in my little studio and answer questions from patients or just people that watch this show on different health aspects. And a lot of times I get some really great questions, really most of the time, because people always have good questions. And um, I really hardly ever look at these questions beforehand because I want it to be an off-the-cuff, honest, not really too researched um, answers because I find that in my practice, common sense goes a long way in in um, the way I practice medicine. You know, you don't have to be in an ivory tower or, you know, research something to the hilt before you know what to say. And after 35 years of practicing medicine, if I don't know what to say by now, I never will. So so I hope it's, it's I know it's off the cuff, but I hope that it, it's very helpful in giving you some ideas about um different subjects so all right we'll get to the first question here question one i use a collagen supplement that has 5,000 micrograms of biotin in it Um, that's one of your b vitamins is that too much for daily use no it's definitely not you know i take the same thing Um, one thing i will tell you about that much biotin though that's a good healthy dose of it great for hair growth it's, it's just a great b vitamin all around but um if you are taking um anywhere over one uh thousand micrograms of it then you should probably if you get routine blood testing stop it for one week before you get your blood test because it can affect the results of of most blood panels so if you're on that much biotin and you're coming in to my office to get a Cleveland heart panel or really any doctor's office to get your routine blood work, please stop it uh, for a week before you come in because it can affect your levels uh, of your other things like your cholesterol, etc. cetera. Um, but, no, that's not too much. I mean, you know, it's a good, healthy dose. I'm all for it. Um, I take it. It's good for hair, skin, and nails in particular. So great question. Great question. Question two. Obviously, a lot of people are dealing with anxiety right now with these uncertain times. Are you seeing a lot of that in the office? How do you coach people with anxiety? Yes, I am seeing a ton of that in the office and also through telemedicine. I talked to two people today just from anxiety. Um, How do you coach people with anxiety? I like that word coach because as doctors, we're really coaches. That's what we do. We coach you through things. We're health coaches. Um, Well, you know, like I said before, you can't be a family doctor for 35 years and not treat a lot of anxiety just on an everyday basis. Um, Anxiety and depression are something that we deal with on a daily basis in primary care. And so you better get a good feel for how to talk to people about it when you need to use a medicine, when you can get by with using a supplement. Um, But, you know, what I try to do is is to get people to realize that 
know, these are tough times from a lot of perspectives, but in the end, we're going to get through it. And, you know, you have to kind of rely on your faith too. Matter of fact, I hope to have a special guest, um, for either this week or next week, um, on uh, that we'll talk about spiritual matters uh, because that's very important with your health. But uh, so I usually try to talk to the patient about their lifestyle. You know, say, for example, the election, tonight's election night, and it's really gotten a lot of people upset. They're worried about whether it's going to go one way or the other. And I just try to remind them that whichever way it goes, life is going to go on. You know, you, you know, who's the president or congressman is, is not going to affect you as much as you think it may. I mean, we do live in the greatest country in the world, America, and your life is not tied up. I see a lot of people with job stresses. That's one of the most common things I see, job or relationship stressors. But, you know, your job is a job, and, you know, there's more important things than that. Um you know, it's odd that you spend your whole life trying to make money and then you die. I think that comes from a great song. Uh, so you need to enjoy the journey and, and be focused on um, not materialistic things, but relationships and happiness. And I think a lot of that is just getting out and cultivating relationships with your friends, neighbors, families, getting outside and exercising, which is the greatest anxiety reducer in the world, is plain old-fashioned getting outside and exercising, even just walking. Um, so take your vitamins, get some sunshine, vitamin D. Um, you know, of course I use medications. I'm a medical doctor. Sometimes you need medications. If it gets to the point where the anxiety is overwhelming, you get depressed. They go hand in hand. So sometimes I usually try to start out with the herbal medications. You know, there's a lot of those. You know, you look at your adrenal balance with your adaptogens like rhodiola, ashwagandha, L-theanine. Um, Relora is a great one um, to help get your focus. And a lot of these medicines will calm down that constant mind chatter, especially if you're not sleeping and you, or you can go to sleep, but you wake up you know, a few hours. I had three people today tell me that, and hopefully I got them on the right combination of uh, medications, which were all herbs to help them sleep. Now, occasionally I have to use something a little heavier, a prescription medicine, and I will hopefully for short term until I can get that routine established to where you you can prepare yourself for bed in a dark, cool environment, go to bed the same time, get up the same time, maybe take a an Epsom bath, or, you know, to calm you down, stretching, meditation, um, and certain combinations of things like even melatonin. Sometimes CBD will help calm you down. So there's a lot of ways, but I really try to get to the root of the problem with focusing on, you know, what you, what are you worried about? You know, um, you know, people are fearful. I hope that's what I can talk about on my next uh dictation on Monday is fear and anxiety and especially because it's so rampant um, right now with all the, the things that are going on in our country but just get down to the basics you know which is taking care of your health and your family and 
helping other people. Sometimes I find that if you take the focus off yourself and try to help somebody else out, that it helps you more than it even helps them. So, I mean, what do we put on this earth for besides helping other people? Not much. So um, you can't take it with you. So, you know, give it away and enjoy your life. Um, So I do, of course, talk to a lot of people about anxiety and depression every day. That's half of what I do as a family doctor because you can't, the, the mental precedes the physical. So you can't ever get to know somebody uh, and take care of their physical problems without knowing that person's mental status. You know, I talk a lot about gut health all the time. You can't, you can't talk about somebody's gut health, which is the root of most problems, especially autoimmune problems, without really talking to them about their stress and what they're, what's going on inside their head. So um, that's a great question. Great question. Um, question three, what supplements do you recommend for hair loss? Well, one we just talked about was biotin. Um, you know, the other ones I recommend are vitamin E, a natural vitamin E. They're called alpha-tocopherols. We have them in our office. Um, and sometimes I use things like... Um, Minoxidil, that's Rogaine, you know, foam or gel topically. Um, sometimes I use oral finasteride, um, and that really helps prevent a lot of further hair loss. Uh, I did a couple PRP treatments to the scalp today to help regenerate hair, and that's always a good procedure where I draw blood from your arm, spin it down, get the platelet-rich plasma off of it, and inject it into the thinning areas, and it really does help. Uh, we do quite a bit of that here in the office. Um, and I always like to check your thyroid status and all your hormones. In general, hair loves estrogen. It's not too fond of a particular form of testosterone called DHT, dihydrotestosterone. So I look at your hormonal status and also your overall nutritional status to see you know, where you are on all that. I mean, a lot of your minerals are very important with hair growth too. But uh, so get a metabolic panel, hormonal panel, and there's certain vitamins that will help it. And other things like decreasing stress. There's no doubt in my mind that stress causes hair loss. So a lot of this stuff comes, you know, it's multifactorial. Um, But great question on hair loss. I see it all the time and really about as much in women as it is men. Um so next question, what do you advise male patients to do if they are on hormones, meaning testosterone, and their testosterone is converting to estrogen? How do you know if this is happening? Well, one thing, you have to check blood levels. I can't tell you how many people that have gone to other places and they're not checking their estrogen levels. You have to check that. Um, if you're on testosterone replacement, because there's a balance. Men need some estrogen, uh, but not too much, because it can cause problems in men with uh, their prostate, their breast, um, and a lot of other things. It can make them too emotional. Um, So I talked to a lot of my male patients about this. But um, So you need a blood test, but, I mean, obviously, if you start testosterone and your nipples get sore, are 
maybe you have a hard time urinating. Estrogen is really not good for prostates. Testosterone is not the problem for prostates. It's really more cortisol, the stress hormone, and estrogens, and which pathway that estrogen is metabolizing down. So sometimes I'll even do a Dutch test, which is a urinary metabolite test to see kind of which way that estrogen, the estrone in particular, is metabolizing down. There's different forms of estrogen. So it gets kind of complex. But, you know, so uh, men as well as women should have those estrogen levels checked. And sometimes I use, if it is too high, I use zinc on all men. You know, all men should be taking 50 milligrams of zinc. It helps that aromatization of testosterone to estradiol. And I also um, will use sometimes dim broccoli extract and a few things that will kind of send the estrogen down a little safer pathway. So have the estrogen levels checked anyway. And certainly if you're getting symptoms like um, you're too emotional and you're you find yourself watching the notebook every night and crying and stuff, you better check it. Uh, or you get breast tenderness or problems, urinary problems, and you got to check that estradiol level. So very good question on that one. Very good question. It's, it's, you got to know what you're doing when you're balancing and managing hormones. You better get some really good training because, you know, it's, it's very complex. It's, it's, it's very deep. So, um, and hopefully my job is to make the, the, uh, complex easy. That's my job to you. All right. Last question. I know performance medicine is treating lots of COVID through telemedicine. Yeah, we are. A few hundred cases. Can you give us another update on what's working or not working with patients you're seeing? Thank you. That's a great question. The last patient I talked to telemedicine was at five o'clock tonight. Um, it was a family of three. They all tested positive. Um, they are all had varying symptoms, so I treat them all differently depending on the age and the symptoms and the risk factors. Um, so, you know, for, for most of them, I do use uh, azithromycin, an antibiotic, which also has antiviral properties. Almost every one I put on that. It also prevents bacterial pneumonia if you use it early enough. Um, sometimes I use um, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, if it's used early, and, and and some people I choose not to use it if they've had various heart arrhythmias or on certain cardiac drugs, I won't use it. But for most of them, I will use it. Um, if you start early, it really works well. Um, I use a lot of nebulized. That means inhaled through a nebulizer, uh, budesonide, i.e. pulmacort, and because COVID is an inflammatory lung reaction, and it it's an inhaled steroid. It gets right to the lungs through a nebulizer, and that works. I think the last two patients I treated, I'd actually put on that. And especially if you're developing a cough, a wheeze, or you're a little bit short of breath. This cough's usually a dry cough, not a wet one. Um, so I use a lot of that. Um, sometimes I use bronchodilators. Um, sometimes I use a, an, a parasitic medicine called ivermectin. It has a lot of uh, activity against uh, viruses, including COVID-19. Um, so a lot of times I use that if I choose not to use hydroxychloroquine uh, as ivermectin. 
Um, a lot of ongoing studies about all this stuff. But again, we don't have time to wait for a double-blind placebo-controlled trial to use this stuff. We're in a crisis. It's all over the place. we got to act now. Um, and I follow these patients on a daily basis. And knock on wood, only one I've had to send to the hospital. And he did real well, probably, according to the pulmonologist that took care of him in the hospital, because he, did, he lived because we treated early. Um, so, um, other things I use are very high dose vitamins like D, C, and zinc for sure. And, um, I use a lot of other little things like, uh, sometimes acid blockers, some melatonin. Um, so, and I, I just, it's just varied. I go over all your medications with you, symptoms, age and risk factors, and I get pretty aggressive early on. So if you do test positive, and you're getting sick with it, and you should probably give us a call, and we can we can guide you through this thing. You really don't want to go to the hospital for this thing unless you have to, and you for sure don't want to get on a ventilator unless it's a last gasp thing. Eight out of ten people that are put on the ventilator for this never get off of it. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll arrange for home oxygen to be sent to the home, um, and I think everybody that gets this that has a little bit of call for lung involvement, you get an O2 sat monitor to check your oxygen saturations. And we kind of follow that to see how how serious this thing could be. If you start dipping into the 80s, you know, I get a little worried and I, I may put you on an oral uh, prednisone, which I think works better than the Decadron um, personally. But um, uh, so there's a lot of, lot of ways to treat this. The important thing is if you have symptoms, get tested because – you know, you have to know when to quarantine so you don't spread it uh, because it is highly contagious. Um, although I find some family members get it, others don't that have been around it. Um, uh, you know, I, I've experienced that through my own family um, and a lot of patients. So it's a very unusual uh, virus. It's something like we've never seen before. Um, so you need to take it seriously and think about treating early. I, I really think they ought to shout from the rooftops that everybody right now ought to be on D, zinc, and vitamin C um, right now. Um, and keep your immune system up. Make sure your sugars are under control, your blood pressure is under control. Because the people that really get sick with this, most every one of them have pre-existing conditions. Now, there are some outliers, but uh, they probably have things they didn't know about. So um, some people are really at risk for this a lot worse than others. So um, take it seriously. I hope we develop some herd immunity um, even before this vaccine gets out. And we definitely need a vaccine for our most vulnerable uh, people. But I think we're already starting to develop um, some herd immunity because it's everywhere. I think in one particular part of the one state they've already 30 percent of people have already had it so that's a lot and what what it'll what percentage it'll achieve take to achieve herd immunity it's it's variable i've heard from anywhere from 20 percent to 60 percent but uh, maybe lower than you think so hopefully because it's just spreading like wildfire you know we'll develop some of this and what we have found is the death rates are really going down they're going down, they're lower. So um, the more people that get it, 
And the less people that die is probably a good thing. Uh, so we can develop this immunity to this thing we can get get over with. Um, but anyway, stay tuned. Things change daily on this. And, of course, I try to keep up with them. Um, so anyway, hope that was a good Tuesday, 5 at 5, live at 5. Um, please email or call your questions in to performancemedicine.net. Look at all our different channels that we do our different podcasts on, our YouTube channel, of course, Facebook. I think we're on Instagram and um, if you'll give us your email address, we'll put you on our mailing list and you'll get my uh, weekly notes on different, hopefully timely subjects. But um, So go vote if you hadn't. Uh, stay healthy. Keep your immune systems healthy. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.